Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. All right, well, welcome to church today, everyone. You may have a seat. And welcome, welcome. So glad that you're here, whether you're joining us in person or joining us online today. So excited to have you with us. So uh, Pastor Dan mentioned last week that he and Emily are going to be away for the next four Sundays. This is one of four. They're just going to go get some rest and uh, relaxation and refreshing. And, you know, they pour a lot into this church and ministry in general, you know, there's a lot that goes into a Sunday morning, but they are doing even more than that day in, day out, just, you know, being there for people. And one thing that I really appreciate about Pastor Dan and Emily is that they always minister out of the overflow in their life. They are always making sure that they are seeking after Jesus and getting filled up from him before they minister to other people. So if we could just be praying for them while they're away, that would be awesome. Just We should always be lifting up our pastors in prayer, but especially over the next four weeks while they're away, let's just lift them up, um, pray for them to get the rest that they need and get refreshing. I know whenever they go away, they're always seeking vision you know, for um, their lives and for our church body. So let's just keep lifting them up in prayer. And I'm really excited about the guest speakers that we have for the next few weeks. Um, next week, you're going to hear from Johnny Harrington. Johnny and Katie are um, the heads of our Res Kids ministry, and they are teaching some amazing things to our little ones. So yeah, give it up for Johnny and Katie. They're doing an amazing job. So he has a word for us next week. The first weekend in August will be Mark Vandervelde. Mark has been co-leading our men's ministry. Men's ministry has really taken off this year. They have a uh, Bible study. I believe that's twice a month and they've been doing um, some other things. And uh, Mark has a great word as well about identity. And then uh, the second weekend in August will be Kevin Gregory. Kevin and Vale are leading our Thrive Youth Ministry, doing an awesome job. We have seen incredible growth in our youth ministry over the last year or so, and they are learning so much. They are on fire for Jesus. It's awesome. So he has a great word um, about relationship the second week in August. So today, we are going to talk about staying in your lane. So the idea for this message came to me one day while I was just swimming laps. I heard four words, stay in your lane. And I thought, huh, that'd be like a pretty cool message title. So here we are. But I'm gonna give you a little uh, backstory first. I started swimming a few years ago. It was just something that I wanted to do just for me. I had spent some time at the Y, saw people swimming laps and thought, huh, I wonder if I could do that. That looks like fun, different form of exercise I had never tried. Um, and I didn't really have any hobbies. So I was like, all right, let's start swimming. I took swim lessons as a kid, but I never would have considered myself like a swimmer. You know, front crawl, rotary breathing, actually wearing a swim cap that was all new, had no idea what I was doing. It felt super awkward at times. But little by little, I learned things and I celebrated these small victories along the way because I just worked on one thing at a time. I picked up tips and tricks along the way. I actually got a private swim lesson by chance because I was the only person who signed up for this free adult swim class at the Y, so I got a free private lesson. 
So that was super helpful. Um, YouTube videos, I learned so much from YouTube videos. Any other YouTube video learners out there? Wow, we have way more liars in this service than first service because you all have been on YouTube to learn something at some point. YouTube's awesome. And then also advice from more experienced swimmers. The lifeguards were helpful, just people there, you know, telling me these little tips and tricks to help me along the way. Because when I first started, I could only swim one length of the pool. That's half a lap. A lap is down and back, and I'd have to stop and get, catch my breath, okay, what did I do right that time? What could I improve on? And then I would just pick one thing. So first I worked on getting my breathing more efficient and natural feeling because it's the worst when you're swimming down the lane and you feel like you're drowning the entire way down. So I worked on my breathing. Then I started to learn, you know, front crawl, figuring out like what my arms are supposed to do, hurt my shoulder because I was doing it wrong, learned the right way, got that all figured out, the kicking, all of that. Then I started to learn how to do the other swim strokes, you know, like backstroke and breaststroke and elementary backstroke. There's all sorts of them. Butterfly still eludes me to this day. I cannot figure out butterfly. They make it look so easy in the Olympics when you're watching that, but my goodness, that is the hardest one to do. Your arms are doing this and your legs are doing something different. It is, I'm going to get it one of these days, but right now I look awful when I try to do it, so I don't try very often. Um, so then I decided to do flip turns, right? Because if you're going to be a lap swimmer, you get extra cool bonus points. You don't have to do flip turns, but you look really cool when you can do a flip turn. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do flip turns. And I like sucked half the pool up my nose trying to learn how to do flip turns. But I finally got it. So now when I swim laps, I look really cool. And I can do the flip turns and I can swim. And I just built up my endurance. And over time, I was able to swim a mile at a time. In fact, my first year that I was swimming, just because of being consistent, I was able to join, um, they have this 100-mile swim challenge every year. And you have an entire year, you log all of those, um, you log all your laps, they have a little sheet at the front desk, and you're trying to swim 100 miles. And that first year, I was able to swim 100 miles. So it was pretty incredible to see just how, thank you, <laughs> just to see how little changes. You know, and that was just in, in one year. It's so cool what we can accomplish um, when we stay on our lane, right, and stay consistent. We're gonna talk more about that in a little bit. So when I first heard those four words, stay in your lane, first off, it was more than likely a reminder for me to in the moment, focus on my own swimming and not compare myself to the people in the lanes next to me. So I do these like silly games. If somebody's in the lane next to me and they're swimming slower than me, I'll breathe that way. And then I play like fun little games like, okay, once I lap them, then I can take a break. Or how many times can I lap them before the end of my workout, stuff like that. But if somebody in this lane is swimming faster than me, there's no way I just, Completely ignore them and I only breathe looking this way, right? Because when you're like breathing, you turn your head and you can see through your goggles into their lane. But I'm not going to look at the people that are faster than me because then I get all like anxious and, oh, I'm not doing very well, you know, whatever. So I'm a fairly competitive person. <laughs> I'm not Kevin Gregory competitive. This part of the message was way more fun last service because Kevin was sitting right there. So Kevin is awesome. But if you know Kevin, he is the most competitive person in the world, and I am going to give you some advice. If you ever play a game with Kevin, it's a catch-22. Number one, you want to be on Kevin's team because he is ruthless, and he will do absolutely anything 
to win the game. It doesn't matter what it is. But then, if you do get on his team, you kind of don't want to be on his team because he's ruthless and he'll do anything to win and you know that you're going to have to play your part and you're going to have to perform and you're going to have to do well. So just know, if you play a game with Kevin, it's awesome to be on his team. Maybe you just want to be on both of our teams. Kevin and I need to be on the same team, then we'll always win, right? <laughs> All right, anyway, after I heard those four words, stay in your lane, I started thinking about how my journey as a swimmer could be related to our relationship with Jesus. When we first get saved, accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, everything becomes new, right? That's why it's called being born again. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Everything is new and fresh and exciting. The God of the universe loves me, and I love him. And then there are things that come along with this new life. Even though we're excited about them, they can feel a little awkward at first, right? You remember the first time that you started reading your Bible consistently? It felt a little awkward. Um, have you ever gotten to one spot, this still happens to me, where you're reading the same verse or the same section over and over and you're like, what did I even just read? I didn't get anything out of that. So a uh, little advice, I keep a three by five card in my Bible and I read just one line at a time. You have to slow yourself down, right? Because our brains are wired to kind of read around things. I think that's so weird. Have you seen those things on Facebook or some other social media thing where it says something and then like the caption says, now go back and read that. It didn't, it was like missing a word or the words were backwards and you didn't even know. You read it right the first time even though it was backwards because of the way our brains work. That's so crazy and interesting. Um, and also if you get stuck, just ask Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me in this moment? Like I'm struggling, I don't understand what this means and Holy Spirit will help you find the truth in that verse. Um, also, when we first get saved, uh, praying, that can feel a little awkward, right? So do I pray out loud? Do I pray in my head? Yes. The answer is yes, because prayer comes from the heart, right? So God is going to hear you whether you're speaking out loud or praying in your head. Um, when I was a teenager, I went to a friend's youth group. I grew up in church, but I had never prayed out loud in front of anybody. I don't even think my own family at that point. And... Uh, they were taking prayer requests. I remember, I can picture exactly where I was sitting on the floor, like in this big circle. And they were like, okay, you know, this person needs prayer. Who wants to pray for that person? And I was thinking like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for that person. Well, then it gets time to pray. And I realize that I need to pray for this person out loud. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, I like nudged my friend and she ended up praying for that person. So to redeem myself, I prayed for him on my own. I just didn't pray out loud <laughs> in front of all those people because I was scared. All right, so then, uh, you know, we grow deeper in our relationship with God, and maybe then we want to start serving. Sometimes it's obvious. You know, we have so many ministries um, right here in our church where we can use the gifts and talents that God has given us, and sometimes it's obvious where to begin. Uh, maybe you um, love to work with children, so you would go and serve in the Red Kids ministry, or maybe you like to cook or, you know, serve food so you could um, be in the, the cafe. Um, but other times you just have to start somewhere. 
When I first started serving, um, my husband Jesse and I, we served in the usher greeter ministry because we weren't quite sure where to begin. And that's where I always tell people to start. If you're not sure, get an usher greeter. It's an awesome way to meet people. And you don't really have to do anything. You're standing at a door and here come the people. They're just walking by so you get to say hi and you can meet people. It's just an awesome, awesome ministry to serve in um, if you don't know where to start. And like I said, you just have to start somewhere. So if you are not currently serving and you're interested in serving in a ministry, you um, can feel free to come ask me about it, um, ask any of our staff, or you can go on our website and um, fill out the volunteer form and all of our ministries are listed right there because we would love to see you plug in and use the gifts that God has given you to bring him glory and serve the church. Um, as we grow deeper into our relationship with God, you know, we can try out fasting. We do a, a church-wide fast at the start of every year. It's just an awesome way to start the year and get some clarification for the year to come. But you can fast at any time. But when you first do it, it's a little bit goofy. You know, what do I fast? How long do I fast? What do I do? Um, and then like evangelizing, just a fancy word of, you know, sharing your testimony, talking to people about Jesus. Those things can be scary. But the more that we do them, the more we get into a rhythm and the more they become second nature. Like when I swim now, I slap that swim cap on my head with pride. I wear those dorky goggles that leave major imprints around my eyes when I'm done swimming. And I rarely get water up my nose when I do a flip turn now. But I haven't arrived, right? I'm still learning. I'm still improving. Going to get that butterfly stroke. Just like we're always learning and growing in our relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So when we receive Jesus, we're born again, we're a new creation, but then we get to continually grow and transform into the image of Christ over time. Pastor Dan reminds us all the time that God doesn't overwhelm us with a list of 10 things that we need to work on. He gently guides us into more freedom and more truth, one thing at a time, just like I did when I was swimming. Just work on one thing. So let's get back to those four words, stay in your lane. And today we're going to talk about three reasons why we should stay in our lane and three reasons that we're tempted to stray from our lane. So you might be sitting there thinking, what even is my lane? Well, your lane is the unique purpose that God has for you. Look at Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. We usually stop there, right? We just, we like that first half of it, although that is an amazing promise, and that is true. God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God. But here's the ending part. And are called according to his purpose for them. So the first reason that we should stay in our lane is because God has a unique purpose and plan for your life. You are the only you. There are certain people only you can reach. And God created you with a purpose and plan in mind. And we can read in Psalm 139 just how much went into how he created us. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. 
Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. All of this happened before we were even physically born. So you have a purpose. Your life is recorded in God's book. You are so, so valuable. I love that Kevin and Vale are teaching this in our youth ministry. Everything they teach is centered around three main truths. Number one, God loves you. Two, your identity is in Christ Jesus. And three, God has given you a circle of influence. How amazing that our teens are learning this at such a young age. I love that so much. It's a good reminder for all of us. But to get that in their minds and in their hearts at such a young age, so amazing. So you might be wondering, okay, God has a purpose for me. I believe that, but what exactly is my lane? What is the specific purpose that God has for me? In just a second, we'll go through um, some of those, but don't worry too much about the specifics of your purpose. Don't get caught up in that because it all centers around um, the general calling that God has for all of humanity found in Matthew 22, starting in verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the vision of Resurrection Life Cadillac, right? We've heard that before. Love God and love people. Yes, love God, love people. So sometimes we think that our calling has to be this huge, grandiose thing, but it starts within our closest relationships and our circle of influence, right? In our homes, our friendships, our workplaces. So stay in your lane. Love God first, then love the people that he puts in your path. And he takes care of the rest of the details. Yes, we need to be faithful and we need to steward what he has given us well, but we don't have to have it all together to fulfill our purpose. We can start right now. And we don't have to strive to make it happen either. Sometimes maybe God has given us a promise and we think that we need to do all of these things to make it happen. That was one of the first messages I ever heard Pastor Dan preach. He said, when we strive, we're doing all the work and we're not allowing God to do any of the work. And that's backwards. We need to set back, let God do the work, and allow him to guide us because he has the perfect path for our lives. And we need to be guided because we have many callings throughout our lives. They evolve over time. I've been a daughter, a friend, a student, a wife, a mother, still some of those things. Um, I have worked several jobs in the secular world. I have also served in several different areas of ministry. And I have needed and continue to need God's help with all of it. So wherever you are placed, simply love God and love people. And celebrate each season that you're in, whatever season. Even if it seems like a, a winter season, right? Which winter season here feels like it's forever, and we hardly get any summer. 
but we need to celebrate every season of life that we're in because it's each season that we're in prepares us for the next season that God has for us. We can't just skip right to the next few seasons because we need God's guidance through those seasons to get us to our calling and our purpose. And hang on to this promise that's found in Philippians 1. It says in verse 6, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. We just came out of the series that Pastor Dan was teaching, right? Unfinished. We are all unfinished, but God is going to continually work on us. So just stay in your lane because he has a plan and a purpose and he will fulfill it. The second reason it's important to stay in your lane is because it brings peace to your life. Galatians 6.4, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. If we can just leave this verse up until we get to the next point, that would be awesome. I don't know about you, I have been in that place um, where I've been worried about what other people are doing instead of just focusing on myself. We'll talk more on this a little, little bit later on in the message, but comparison only brings one of two things, pride or shame, right? Either feeling really puffed up and good about ourselves or really down and bad about ourselves. I think it was... Um, maybe a year or so ago. I'm so embarrassed to tell you this because it's terrible. But we were, uh, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw, um, came across a church and it was their live stream and worship was on. So I'm like, I'll check it out. So I uh, clicked on it and I listened to it and I immediately thought, oof, our worship team's looking really good, <laughs> right? It was just so awful, so awful. Um, should not have done that. I had to repent and ask God for forgiveness. But the interesting thing that happened was one or two scrolls later, I run across like this mega church that has this amazing, beautiful sounding worship. And I'm like, okay, I've been put in my place. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry, Lord. So right, comparing ourselves just brings pride or shame. So we just need to pay careful attention to our own work like this verse says. I listened to a podcast last week and I loved um, one thing they said in there. There's a lot of good things, but I, this is the thing that stuck with me the most. It said, you don't have to be the best. You just have to bring God your best. And when we do that, that's when we have the satisfaction of a job well done. And that's what brings peace to our life. So the third reason it's important to stay in your lane is because it brings peace to the lives around you. So staying in your lane not only brings peace to your own life, it brings peace to the people around you as well. First Corinthians reminds us that everybody has a lane. And more importantly, God has put each person in the exact place that they're needed and will function best. So let's read uh, chapter 12, starting in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. 
And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I skip down to verse 25. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you, all of us together are Christ's body. And each of us is a part of it. So we all play a part. But it's so much more productive and so much more enjoyable when we just stay in our lane and we allow other people to thrive in their lanes. We can't do it all. When I first started leading worship, I started to feel a little pressure, not from anybody else, but just like I felt like maybe I need to understand more about different instruments. Maybe I need to learn how to play multiple instruments. But that isn't my lane. We joke around on the team about drum speak. Yeah, I don't speak drums in the least bit. Can't communicate to the drummer to save my life. But thankfully, we have awesome drummers, and they can translate, and they can figure things out. Um, I love to play piano. And there's nothing wrong for those of you who play multiple instruments. We have several people on the team who can play multiple instruments. There is nothing wrong with that. But for me, that was not my lane. Uh, That wasn't the reason God called me to lead worship. I already had in me what was needed for the assignment. You already have in you what you need for the assignment that God has given you. And God knows the gifts and the talents of the people around you. We have an incredibly talented worship team, and that just gives us opportunities to work together to bring him glory. So stay in your lane. Don't try to jump into someone else's lane. Work together and bring God glory. Yeah. So now let's talk about three reasons why we tend to stray from our lane. First one is a fun word, rigmarole. There it is. (laughs) So the definition of rigmarole is just a lengthy or complicated procedure. It's monotonous sometimes, right? Same thing every day. We're bored. When I swim, when I got to the point where I could swim for longer periods of time, I was so stinking bored that I got waterproof headphones so I can load audiobooks onto them and listen (laughs) to audiobooks and not have the monotony of swimming, you know, 36 laps at a time because that gets super boring. But we're asking God, what's next? Are you ever going to fulfill the promise that you gave me? Yes, he will. But if we keep jumping lanes or jumping ship altogether, we aren't going to stay in one spot long enough for God to do anything truly great, right? Consistency is so underrated. I heard this awesome quote. If you are persistent, you will get it. If you are consistent, you will keep it. Such a good quote. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. 
God sees you. He hasn't missed a thing. He sees you toiling away in that lane. And if you can just stay there and trust him, you will experience his blessing and his protection in your life. The second reason that we stray from our lane is we want to reconsider. Something looks a little better in someone else's lane. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? We become distracted by comparing. Hey, that position looks better. I want that. Or fear. What if I'm not good enough for this lane? What if someone can do this lane better than I can do this lane? Or doubt. We think maybe that, that lane, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Then we're like, dang it, I'm in the wrong lane. We can convince ourselves of just about anything, can't we? Um, Another worship example from my life was uh, when I first started worship leading, I struggled because there were a lot of ideas from different people coming at me for how to do things. And I also had a lot of insecurities inside of me. I remember thinking like, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you picked the right person for the job? But Pastor Dan gave me the best advice. He said, you have to know that you're called. You have to know. Like, you know, when we're called to something, we've more than likely, we've hopefully, we've prayed about it before we've stepped into it. And Pastor Dan just reminded me that Jesus knew he was called. So when Jesus was on his way to the cross, he didn't look to the left or the right. He didn't listen to the voices that were mocking him. He only had ears for what the Father told him. And he stayed focused on his purpose in order to tune the rest out and fulfill his calling. And we can do that too. Look at James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if we can just focus on loving God and loving the people that he has put in our paths, submitting ourselves to God, knowing that we're called, remembering that he called us to whatever it is that he's called you to, and resist the devil, resist the voices of the people mocking. Uh, Pastor Dan cracked me up like two weeks ago. He called them boo birds. (laughs) That's so funny. So just don't listen. Don't listen to the boo birds that are in your life, the voices that are mocking you, telling you that, hey, you're not, maybe you're not supposed to be doing that or you're doing it wrong. Don't listen to the people that are mocking you and just listen and focus on Jesus and focus on what he is telling you. And then the devil's going to flee and you're going to be all set. So the last reason we stray from our lane is we just resign. We quit. We decide it's too hard or maybe we just decide it's not worth it, or we convince ourselves that we don't want it anymore. Maybe you've been waiting for a promise, waiting for healing, waiting to hear what your next step should be. You're praying, but you haven't received an answer yet. If you're feeling that way, I'd like to encourage you with this verse, Galatians 6, 9. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We have to fight those three R's to stay in our lane. I was so excited when I found out that these words could all start with an R because when I was first putting this message together, those three points were like, it was the same points, they just didn't start with the letter R. Number one, I'm super type A like that, so to have nice, neat little packaged points makes me happy. Um, But also it's easier for all of us to remember. What's the first one, the first R? Rigmarole. What's the second one? Reconsider. And the third? Resign. Awesome. 
Now check out what happens when we can get rid of the R. Let's put the word stray up there. And when we get rid of the R, we stay. We can stay in our lane. And you never know what staying in your lane will do. Learning to swim led me to pursue teaching swim lessons. Now I'm a swim instructor. If I would have given up, I would have missed the opportunity to number one, have another source of income for my family. And even more than that, I would have missed the opportunity to work with some amazing kids and families in our community. Another opportunity to love the people that God is putting in my path. And another bonus of staying in your lane is that you have the privilege and joy to look back and see how far God has brought you. You can celebrate the, the big and the little victories that have led you to the place where you are now. And you can have faith that God's going to do it again and again throughout your life. So where are you at today? Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Are you having a hard time working or living with the people around you? Maybe you're unsatisfied with the lane you're currently in. Maybe you've been peeking over into another lane, comparing yourself to other people, or maybe you're just tired of waiting and you feel like giving up. Jesus is reminding us today to hang on and trust his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. So just hang on, just hang on and trust God. He has an amazing future for you. And God also reminded me of this verse, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Few people find it because most people choose the easy path, the wide gate. But what we don't realize is once you make it through the narrow gate, God brings you into a wide open space full of possibilities and blessings and callings on your life. Psalm 18, 19 says, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Can we show that picture of the gate? That gate is so narrow, but look at the wide open space beyond the gate and beyond the fence. That's where we want to be. The sky is the limit. And Jesus is that narrow gate. John 14, 6 tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is saying this. No one can come to the Father except through me. Few find that narrow gate because they're running around on the wrong side of the fence. Oh, can we leave that picture up? They're running around on this side of the fence, the supposed open space, right? Bumping into each other, competing, etc. But the simple way is to go through the narrow gate to go through Jesus. There's a verse, I can't recall where it is right now, that says, it is in him that we live and move and have our being. And that gate, even though it's narrow, there's room for everyone to enter in. God wants everyone to enter in to his kingdom, to that wide open space of blessing and purpose and calling. So let's just close our eyes. 
I believe there's probably two groups of people here today. One, maybe you've never been given the opportunity to enter into God's kingdom through the narrow gate. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and we want to give you that opportunity today. And another group of people, maybe you're straying from your lane. You feel like you've been stuck in the rigmarole. You're reconsidering your lane or you're tempted to resign altogether. And it's okay. There's no shame in any of this. We've, we've all been there. The presence of God is here. Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart, letting you know that this is an opportunity to start again. So Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. And God, we just stand here today and say thank you for the reminder that we just need to keep our focus on you. We need to trust in the plan that you have. We make that commitment today. We're not going to be stuck in the rigmarole. We're not going to reconsider. We aren't going to give up. We aren't going to resign because we know how much you love us and we love you, God. So help us to just love the people that you have put in the path before us. And we're gonna stay in our lane. And for those of you who've never given your heart to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're just gonna pray this prayer together. Jesus, you can repeat after me, sorry, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross, saving me from my sins, saving me from myself. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you have a plan and purpose for my life. And I believe that you are going to fulfill every calling you have on my life. Thank you that I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am set free. I am born again. And I am ready to live this new life. And I'm going to stay in my lane all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, we would love to meet you. If you have any questions, if you um, don't have a Bible at home, we do have um, a Bible that we could give you. Our prayer team is going to be um, up here immediately following service. I'll be up here as well. So um, if you need prayer for anything or if you gave your heart to Jesus today, we would love to talk with you and pray with you. Don't miss next week. Johnny Harrington is going to be preaching. It's going to be awesome. Uh, on childlike faith and uh, have a great week and we'll see you back here next Sunday. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.